Hello and welcome to the Sports Splits. Coming up on today's show, nothing will ever stop transfer rumours. Can Borussia Dortmund tempt Jadon Sancho to stay? Price drops across the board and Newcastle's first world-class player since Zisco. We continue our search for the best and worst home kits in England this season as we look through League One's gems and dispute of garbage. Plus, Yankees and Mets fans working together, brewing the commissioner for charity and the £15.7 transfer bid that's opening up on Tuesday Sports Splits. And I hope we're all still doing well today. Um, hope you're all still managing to cope with uh, the weird world we live in. I know I say that every episode now, but it, it never becomes any less accurate. This podcast is dropping on the 21st of April 2019. Remember that the sports splits can be found on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Breaker, TuneIn and Google Podcasts. And we have a website that has great articles and other audio content that can be found at the thesportsplitsblog.wordpress.com. Um, before we start, a few things to mention. First of all, we had um, a few audio problems partway through. We had Will have some really loud lawnmower um, somewhere near his property. Um, some constant clicking. There was a few microphone errors as well. So that happens um, during parts of the podcast today. So I'm, I do apologise for that. A couple of other things that we don't actually mention in the main segment of the podcast. Um, the Charlton Athletic takeover is being investigated by the EFL. Um, the E Street Investment Group brought um, Charlton in January. But their majority shareholder, Tahoon Nima, has still yet to satisfy EFL requests for proof and source of funding. So obviously this has been going on for a while now. And obviously if you've been following the sports splits, you'll know that there's almost been like a civil war between members of this um, purchasing group. I think it was him and one of the other executives have been arguing about who who owns the club, who runs the club, etc. So that's that's great. And I do really sincerely feel sorry for Charlton fans. I, I just do not like what's going on to their club. A real community club, um, a club with a lot of history. And I obviously, as a Leeds fan who's been through that in the past, I do hope... It gets better. Um, Sergio Aguero is to be teaching Spanish as part of the BBC's homeschooling service with clips um, that started going up yesterday. I think that's absolutely fantastic. Um, Sergio Aguero, you know, will be able to encourage students who are at home to take up Spanish, obviously seeing their Premier League hero um, doing teaching them Spanish. The um, younger kids will love that. To be honest, I'd, I'd probably find it appealing. So if you have a um, younger member of the family who is looking to learn Spanish, then the BBC website has Sergio Aguero doing Spanish homeschooling for you. And Amnesty International have written to the Premier League about the Newcastle United takeover. So obviously we mentioned this on Saturday's show, but the takeover of Newcastle United is particularly controversial, um, with it being essentially Saudi Arabia. And I want to mention again that as a Leeds fan, I, I get the moral dilemma that Newcastle United fans are facing at the moment. It's it's not nice to have to, on the one hand, think about how good your club could become with this takeover, but on the other hand, acknowledge the fact that the people who are buying you are so much worse than you've got now. Like, it, it doesn't matter what they bring to you on the pitch. They are awful by all stretches of the, of the imagination, and that might stop me from ever being able to holiday on South... In, in, um, and that might stop me from ever being able to holiday in Saudi Arabia, but frankly, I don't care. I'm never going. Um, so, it, I, I do feel sorry for Newcastle fans. I do sympathise with them. And except for the ones who don't think there's anything to sympathise with, in which case, you know, you're awful. And um, I, I'd love to see them Newcastle fans go to people who are suffering at the hands of the regime and just explain to them why why you shouldn't care. The article about Kit Clash is now up on the sportsblitzblog.wordpress.com. So if you want to see how we voted on um, in League 2 and in League 1, then you can have a look at them now. And a correction, weirdly enough, before we start this episode. Um, the AS article I mentioned um, during the show, during our transfer rumours, said that a French MEP has said the value of, ne- of um, Mbappe could drop to 40 million euros, just 40 million. They bought him for about 200 million euros. Um, we got a bit confused by this during the recording because I um, I thought it was a typo and that I was meant to have put by 40 million euros because that makes a lot more sense at first. But no, the French MEP has claimed Mbappe's value will drop to 40 million euros. Two! 
I mean, I just, I can't, I can't believe it. Eyes unveil. I, uh, I don't know about its legitimacy. Obviously, it's not a football man. I, I assume, or woman. Actually, I can't remember now off the top of my head. And finally, one more thing I want to mention: the Last Dance. Um, if you're in the UK, is now streaming on Netflix, and if you're in the US, it's on ESPN. And I really recommend it to anyone who's a sports fan. It's absolutely fantastic. I really enjoyed the first two episodes, and I'm very much looking forward to the rest of them. But anyway, without um, any more being said from me, let's go into episode 19 of the Sports Split. £15.07. I'm not charging you, that's the title of the show, and um, you'll see why in a bit. Okay, so joining me today, the three useful suspects, we'll start with Harvey. Hello. Hello. How's everything it's going? Day. It's a sunny day, but my hay fever's terrible again. Same. I, actually, I've kept you? all of the doors are closed, all the windows are closed, I'm not having a problem. Hello, Josh. Hiya, yeah, how you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Um, what do you make of Man United's, uh, I don't know how to, ep- epileptic zebra kit? Um, that's probably the best way of saying it, yeah. It's yeah. Um, it's not their best edition, Adidas. It, it, and it's it's, it's kind of a shame because Adidas are usually so good yeah. with we've, kits in general. Yeah, we've so. just um, signed up with them at Leeds and I am now absolutely dreading what's about to come round the corner. Hello, Will. Hello, I am coming to you from my closet today because there's yeah. some guy with a very loud lawnmower near my house. Will won't come out the closet. Um, <sighs> South Park Veterans 1. Just the get all the jokes out <laughs> now and then we can actually move on. Yeah. But apart from that... Yeah, things are going okay. That's good, that's you know? good. Okay then, um, let's go on to our first couple of stories and we're going to start with the nfl obviously the only sport thing that's going on this week being the virtual draft thank god there's something but is it a particularly smart idea because apparently a load of gms have been complaining that they do not know how to use computers how how first of all are you so technologically illiterate yet run an nfl team that's beyond me dave gettleman can answer this is the curse of the boomers yeah but (laughs) I mean, it's it's going to be really interesting. It's obviously going to be very different to what we've seen before. It how's it? How do we think it's going to work? Do we think it's going to work? I think that the NFL has been releasing purposeful information that makes it seem like it's going to be an absolute dumpster fire to both yeah. drive up ratings and temper our expectations, which what might actually be just a fairly normal thing. Yeah, I can see that. Luckily, I think they've said that. Um, they're complaining about bandwidth issues. By the way, just buy better broadband if that's the case. But second mm. of all, um, I believe they've been saying the commissioner has the ability from his basement to um, stop the draft. Technically, just to put the clock on pause and say, okay, we're going to figure yeah. out what's going wrong. So, I mean, they can, as much as I guess they wouldn't want to use that, they can easily sidestep any issues they um, run into. I mean, look, if things get that bad, there's about 6 billion websites that already exist so that normal people can run a virtual draft. Yeah. If things get that bad, we can just use one of them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've we already we've already have sort of the capability to do it, but um, I, I think the only interesting thing will be discussing complicated trades. Apparently, one GM tried to send a message to another when they've been doing this um, virtual mock draft thing that in preparation and tried to send it to one of one other gm and sent it to the entire league on accident which it, it's just going to be hilarious if that happens mm. Mm. definitely but um do we have confidence no because a kind of a, a sod's law thing here really truth be told if it's going to yeah. go wrong i think it will do and just like you say there's big boomer energy with regards to mm-hmm. most gms so yeah i feel like something noteworthy is going to go wrong and it will be some of the best news we can have for the next show but um yeah no it's um my gut says something maybe not catastrophic but just daft is going to occur yeah and we'll talk about our teams more in um the nfl draft preview um, which comes out on thursday but what what do we hope for from our own team? So we'll start with um, Josh, the Miami fan. So this draft is pretty crucial as part of the uh, the rebuild, which I think has been going on, you know, since obviously the start of the season. Uh, there was the whole tank for tour initiative, which now, as things stand, looks like a very bad idea. Yeah. Uh, 
but um, I just think it's I'm uh, quite stressed about it weirdly because it's so so crucial. Obviously, mm. three first round picks they've got to go really really right. If they get those right, we could you know um, find three real linchpins for the team to really work yeah. on for the, for the next season. Absolutely, whatever's happening with that. Um, but obviously, if those go wrong, you've wasted three first round picks. Mm. You're not going to get that sort of setup, you know, again anytime soon. So. Uh, yeah. yeah, nervous, I'd say. And obviously the tour situation with regards to that ankle and, you know, all the rest of the injuries is, I'm sure we'll, we'll say in the, the draft preview coming up, is uh, a bit of a, a worry. I feel like either way we go with tour, there's massive downsides. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see. Okay, so Will, you're a Giants fan. Um, what do you um, What do you want out of this draft? We need people to play defense and we need people to play on our offensive line. I think that... Early in the draft, we're definitely going to pick up someone like Jedrick Wills. Um, he's an offensive lineman out of Alabama, and I think we're really going to need him specifically in the first round draft because he's an excellent player. And we're looking for people to really make it so that uh, Daniel Jones can be protected and also we can open up running lanes for Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Oh, actually, just to go back to Josh as well, what do you make of the rumours that the Lions and Dolphins might be trading with the um, Dolphins going up to number three? Because I think that's foolish. I don't see why. Because Joe Burrow is going as the first pick. Yeah. So, um, I don't really see what issue that solves. You, you know, I don't think two is going to go any higher than, you know, the picks we've already got. So, and I think, actually, considering all the news we've had, he'd go lower. Um, so, I don't really see the point, truth be told. Yeah. And, um, I mean, for me, for the Steelers, um, I, I'm very surprised that, um, that we're, to, we're linked to again a running back with our first pick in the, um, second round. Um, obviously we don't have a first round pick, but, um, I, I don't know why we would, I, I get needing another running back, I get that James Connor is very brittle, but at the same time, I just, I don't think running back is our biggest problem at the moment and I personally would rather see a new young quarterback taken I do not buy the idea that Mason Rudolph is suddenly going to turn it around and be fantastic and I hope he I hope he does because he he's he seems nice anyway and um you know he's got that personality you want but I, I, I don't see it happening and so I mean I'd love Jalen Hurts right now uh, but I don't know much about him they're all raving about him in the college game That'd be nice. Um, apparently, uh, a few mock drafts have have the Dolphins skipping on tour and going for um, Justin Herbert. And uh, and other ones have actually the Giants taking Justin Herbert. I mean, I don't know what we make of them. Um, well, from a Dolphins perspective, I think Herbert obviously doesn't really have that, that sort of pure talent, uh, dynamism, mm. um, you know, in that clutch performance, if you need someone to, you know, make that that first down or, you know, do something as the clock is running out, obviously you're going to trust Tua over that. But yeah, he's just so brittle. And I think from a Dolphins perspective, he requires so much protection. Um, so in that situation, I still take the risk with Tua, even though he's mm. brittle, just because of the pure talent. I think yeah, you're not going to get that sort of thing again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, let's move on to our next story then. Um, it's just a kind of interesting one, but NFL.com, when writing articles about draft prospects, have been flagging up drug use um, in college athletes that are um, declaring for the draft. Does this violate the NFL's confidentiality policy that they wouldn't mention drug use um, for players? Surely it does. Like, as in... No, the, it does what it mm. says on the tin. I, I, yeah. I think this is relatively clear-cut. Yeah, I mean, at the very, very least, it's hypocritical. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I feel much the same way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, by the way, if you keep hearing a noise coming in and out, uh, that's because of Will's... Uh... What, what are we going to call them? Yeah. Will's golf V8 cart. golf carts. The V8 golf carts, yeah. Uh, but... but um working through that um anyway 
Let's talk about the Jaguars, who are now ha apparently having trade discussions about Fournette. Adam Schefter says Fournette is due $4.16 million in base salary in 2020. It's a situation that bears watching as this week's draft approaches. While it seems like they're having struggles getting anyone to buy him, because um, the... Um, I think all the teams that have been linked, especially the Bears and Steelers, do not seem to be going anywhere close. And by the way, if you want to know why the Steelers are linked, it's because Leonard Fournette has a pulse. And everyone with a pulse seems to be linked to the Steelers. It's kind of like Man United in football. Do we see him um, Do we see him signing with any other team? Definitely not before the draft, but maybe yeah, after. Yeah, not, uh, not before the draft. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, it's... It is a bit of a tricky one, but I really don't see... I mean, there's no obvious candidate. I don't know if you guys agree, but um, I'm not sure I see him... Certainly, I mean, as certainly not before the draft. Yeah, I, I, I get the argument that he's the kind of power back for Steelers have always liked in the past, and that they might take a risk on him, but he, I, I, just, I just don't see it happening. I think they'd rather take a young prospect and train them up. Um, draft one. I think that Jonathan is he called Jonathan Taylor. I think they're looking at taking him second. Anyway, um, let's move on. Uh, what do we make of the Patriots' new um, uniform? I say new. It's the colour rush uniforms. I've just made them their proper uniforms now. Because I tell you what, I love them. I think they're brilliant. Yeah, they're they're, they're fantastic. Um, you know, I think the detailing on the shoulders and that works well. It's you know, it's clean. It's got clean lines, uh, bold, and it. I think aesthetically, it's just very easy on the eye. Um, yeah. I've I've always relatively liked Patriots uniforms, if not the team themselves. I think they mm. generally do a pretty good job. I do think they are an improvement, though. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no definitely. I, I think so. the same way. I really like the color rush uniforms generally, and I think that uh, you know it's it's a really good thing to see them switching these uniforms in. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, Actually, um, yeah, it's better. oh god, it's better. It is, a, yeah. it is a better uniform than it is, the last It is one. definitely an improvement. Um, final thing to mention, uh, the new scheme, um, I think it's out by Bud Light, but as, as we know, every year the NFL draft, the first thing that happens, the commissioner walks onto the stage, three, two, one, boo! Mm. Well, boo. obviously this year, unless his kids start booing him, there is not going to be any booing, and that's an important part of the draft Please experience. let so, the children boo him. And so, <laughs> I, I believe it's Bud Light have suggested... Sending in your booze to them, and then they will make a um, one dollar donation to the NFL's draftathon um, thing up to um, five hundred thousand dollars, and that's gonna and the money that the NFL raise through that is gonna be going to multiple charities. So I think that's an absolutely exceptional idea. I think it's been a, it's a very good idea, very well thought through, and credit to them. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if Roger could, if if we can get Roger Goodell to listen to them for another half million, would he do it? If somebody said, "I will donate half a million dollars if you listen to people booing you," what about um, three quarters of a million if he boos himself? <laughs> get gets the kids and the wives to do it, right? Yeah, it as well. Yeah, absolutely perfect. I love that. Okay, um, like we say every week, the coronavirus cannot stop one thing, and that is transfer rumours. Yay! yay! Actually, genuinely yay, because what else is there to talk about? Um, we'll start um, at Liverpool, and apparently Sadio Mane is open to joining Real Madrid, which is interesting. I guess this bears two questions. Um, one, what does that mean for Liverpool? And two, are Real Madrid open to signing Mane? I mean, the interesting thing is that I keep hearing signs of uh, Real Madrid just having a fire sale this summer to try and get in some money to try and have a massive rebuild because they've had they've just had a rebuild, but it just hasn't worked. Yeah, just, it has flopped in every sense. So they're going to try and look to do another one. Apparently, um, Zidane's willing to stick around for it. Um, now there's some interesting names being bounced around including Kante, Mane in particular. Um, I think Mane would be open to leaving, especially if Liverpool are suddenly like, do you know what, we could just get Mbappe. Because Mane is very good, but if Kylian Mbappe is willing to join Liverpool, well, <laughs> you wouldn't turn that down quickly. Um, so Mane to Real Madrid, it would probably cost at least £100 million. Um, Yeah. Even in this market, he would be one of the more expensive players in a window to move. Um 
It's interesting, though, why Mane would go to Real Madrid, given that they have... I mean, there's another way of putting it. A lot of competition on the left-hand side. They've got Real... You've got uh, Gareth Bale on the right, but he'll be sold, so he can go pursue his golf career um, somewhere else. And then on the left, who they've got? They've got uh, Rodrigo and uh, Vinicius Jr., two very promising Brazilian left-wingers. And I think if Mane was to join there, surely that'd be squeezing those two out of a career. Yeah. Or maybe even Mane yeah. would be put to the side. So it's one of those, are you sure, Mr Zidane? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Where does Eden Hazard play into this? I mean, he's yeah, he's a left-sided player as well. So why Mane would join a club that's only going to put him on the right if they do play him on the right um, is beyond me. I mean, Hazard me. started his yeah Hazard started his career on the right, but he is a left winger. Yeah, he would not argue he is other than he's a left winger. Um, he yeah. can play at false nine, but not he's not his best position. Hmm. Or maybe he could be better at false nine if he had a better team around him not like Sarri's Chelsea um, so yeah that's Mane to join Real Madrid I don't, I, it could easily happen but I mm. don't think it's the optimum choice for Mane Meanwhile over in Germany apparently Jadon Sancho could be offered up to 10 million euros to take Borussia Dortmund now I, I think staying at Dortmund for the time being is at least better than some of the clubs he's been linked with um, in terms of his um, career progression um, if he is to be offered €10 million, Euros, I don't know how many teams would match that. Um, should he consider staying at Dortmund? For the short yeah. term, yeah. Yeah, mm. I mean, with the current climate, he could stay another year at Dortmund and his next move wouldn't be a move to a Manchester United um, mm. or an Arsenal. It could be to a Chelsea. I'm, j- I'm kidding. Yeah. It could be to a Real Madrid. It could be to a Arsenal. Leeds. It could be to Newcastle. It could be to Newcastle, um, yeah. But... Um, Sancho, right now, is at a stage where he could easily be picked up by any of the top teams in Europe if they really wanted to. Mm. Um, I don't know, realistically, who can afford him right now. Because if you think about all the teams around Europe, the ones that really would be looking to pick him up are probably be priced out simply because they all want to have a major rebuild up top. Uh, Real Madrid in particular, you know, they're going to have to dig out a lot of money out of their back pocket if they want to buy Sancho and this person and that person and another person because, you know, Dortmund apparently holding out for in excess of 100 million, 120 million potentially as well, which is going to be interesting. I mean, Dortmund might actually refuse to sell him on the basis that given currently they're expecting transfer prices to depreciate. If they Mm. keep him for another year, his stock could improve again. And instead of 150 million, his asking price could be 175. So there is a serious chance Sancho will just stay. Mm. You mentioned Newcastle United in that, and one of their big um, potential signings, if this takeover does go through, it may have um, gone through by the time you're listening to this, but um, they could make a bid for um, Barca midfielder Arturo Vidal. And um, However, and we'll come back onto this later, he would only be interested in joining if they replace Steve Bruce, possibly with Max Allegri. Uh, what, What do we make of all that? I think that's... A definite, definite rumour. I think uh, there's a lot of credibility in it. Um, I think from Vidal's perspective, he would want to work under Allegri, not Bruce. And I do know that the Saudi Arabians would like to give Bruce to the end of the season, at least to prove himself. I mean, that's probably yeah. them being nice, but they're going to sack him at the end of the season because nobody really wants Steve Bruce at Newcastle. They want no. a big-name manager um, to match David Moyes, no, not David Moyes, <laughs> um, like Pellegrini at West Ham yeah. when he was there, and um, uh, Ancelotti at Everton. Just to, you know, to be able to attract these bigger players, I actually think it's the wrong Barcelona midfielder they're chasing. I think if they have, which they have, they do have the money, and they have the manager, and they have the ambition, they could easily, easily prize um, Ivan Rakitic away from uh, yeah. Barcelona. Yeah. Um, and you look around the other teams that have sort of ageing players. I'm not going to say Modric would move to Newcastle. I think he's got a bit more loyalty to Tottenham than we ever hear about as a motorbike just flies past my house. Um, <laughs> flies? Jesus. No, no, he was going quite slowly, to be fair. But just, you know, loud, loud engine noises. Mm. Anyway, back to Newcastle. Um, other players that, I mean, ugh, there's going to be some names that are just going to be floated around in the next few days that they're going to want. And be interesting to see who actually signs for them because the worst thing that yeah. can happen is all this money gets you know pumped into Newcastle and all they can 
afford to sign is, you know, you know, Chicharito Hernandez. Oh, no, what's no wrong with that? Him. No offense to him, but I think Newcastle fans are wanting a takeover and being able to sign Kylian Mbappe. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll talk linking, about Kylian Mbappe I'm then. I'm linking every yeah. single one now. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> it's very professional. Um, yeah, according to AS PSG striker Kylian Mbappe, um, could see his value drop between 35. Oh, to 35 to 40 million euros. I thought it said back. Oh, I'm. Wow, okay. Um, either buy 35 to 40 million euros, which makes a lot more sense, or sense, yeah. two 35. No, it must be buy. I must know. It must no. be buy, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think my hope with transfers is suddenly 100 million euros is going to afford you a prime Ronaldo at the yeah. moment. I, I think 150 is well too much. Mm. And I'd like to see people buying good players for only 30 million. Yeah. Because that's a sensible money that we grew up Well, it's what I've grown oh, up on. Sensible. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, it's, it's by, by comparison to, you know, 60 million euros buying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah very true. Um, or Oscar or Ramirez. And he's, it's, um, I'm just thinking that, like, seeing Kylian Mbappe's price drop by 40 million, we're going to put him at 160 million pounds. Yay. Um, yeah, I, it's. I think everyone's price is going to drop because nobody can mm. afford to pay yeah. that money. You um, imagine if um, if Mbappe is going for 35 to 40 million euros and Barcelona are going to be mad because they want to sell Philippe Coutinho, coming on loan at Bayern Munich, doing very well at Bayern Munich. Um, but surely, if, if Mbappe, as much as it's not true, if Mbappe was only 40 million euros, surely Coutinho would be like, like five pence. No, yeah, yeah 10 million. I mean, he was doing very well at Bayern Munich and then got injured and then lost his place in the squad. Yeah. Uh, to Kingsley Coman and what was it? Just Kingsley Coman? No, Serge Gnabry. That was it. Yeah. Um, and a big shame for him. However, you know Barcelona might look to sell him. They might look to loan him again. Um, apparently the Premier League is one option. Um, or of course the other club that everybody under the sun, other than myself and Alex, has been linked to. Uh, there are no rumours regarding us moving to Inter Milan anytime soon. Yay! Um, I, I'm, my contract is firmly with the ULY, and I'm going to acknowledge <laughs> I'm a free agent at the understand. end of the year. <laughs> I've got another two years at least on my contract. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but uh, Coutinho could go anywhere. Or he could mm. even stay. There have been rumours that they might yeah. you know, give him another chance, or just because of everything that's going on um, talk about fast sale and we'll um, blitz through these last ones but um, mm. Liverpool apparently lowering their asking price for um, Jaqiri because of the coronavirus what what do we think is going to happen yeah, I mean, he will selling. be sold yeah. I, it's a shame because he actually is a very good bench player for them but he's another player mm. that actually if you think about it Newcastle could pick up Yeah, it'd be cheap and mm. actually he's a good player Inter will try and sign Anthony Martial from Man United if Lotoro Martinez leaves, according to Gazeta della Sport. Uh, I can't he imagine Martial and Lukaku playing anywhere. up front. Yeah, he's no, not. Um, it's just thinking one thinking style of play. Um, if you're going to even begin to try and incorporate them, um, it's either four three three or four four two. Yeah. But I, I don't. I just don't feel like they they work that way together. Um, I think one crowds out the other. Um, mm. Being at their prime. Uh, Martial, you know, it's a weird one because he, he's more potent up front, but he prefers the left wing position. And at the moment, he is, you know, a starter in that number nine role for United. I don't, yeah. unless they were to get someone like Harry Kane, um, which I don't see happening, he isn't leaving Man United. Okay. And um, Timo Werner having English lessons, hoping to um, go to Liverpool. Um, do we think that's the case? Apparently, Bayern really interested by RB Leipzig, saying that nobody's approached them yet. Yeah, I mean, this is the problem with the world today when it comes to transfers: is that they approach the player before the club. I, mm. I think that's completely shouldn't be allowed. I mean, if I was the owner or um, I don't know, chief executive of a football club, I'd be making sure all my players sign a clause in their contract that says you cannot talk to other clubs about contracts, including your agent before six months to go on your contract. That should be how it works. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't like this all sweet. I don't like this idea of sweet-talking players before you've even had an mm. agreement with the clubs. Finally, um, Atletico are willing to double Thomas Partey's salary to fend off Arsenal interest. I mean, Partey's a very good defensive midfielder. Um, 
if I was him, why would you move to Arsenal? It's another yeah. club that is chasing Europa League football at the moment. They're probably not going to get it if they stop mm. the league as it is. Yeah, um, whilst Atletico will be in the Europa League at this rate, um, but will be chasing Champions League football more regularly. Mm. So it'd be a step down rather than a step up for a player yeah. who could slot into many teams across Europe right now. Yeah. And finally, I want to mention the best story that we've heard transfer related this week, which is of um, Daniel Orton, a five-year-old Leeds fan who wants to keep Ben White, the centre-back of the club, and um, wrote to Brighton's chief executive, Paul Barber, asking if he could stay at the club and offering all of the contents of his piggy bank to ensure Ben White's permanent transfer to Leeds, which was £15.7. Um, incredible gesture from Brighton and Paul Barber to write back, saying it was a very generous offer, and uh, but they'd have to decline, but they thanked him for the offer anyway. Um, Andrea Radrizzani, who um, owns Leeds United, has said that he um, looks forward to Daniel joining um, Leeds and their transfer team after he's completed school, and said that he will go back with an improved offer for Ben White, and Ben White himself has asked if he can gain touch with the family, which is just it's just a lovely story all round, round to be honest. Fair play to Brighton, fair play to um, Leeds and Ben White as well. Just an incredible story. Hopefully, with the way um, Mbappe's transfer is looking, maybe we can get him with a, with a bit of a better offer, Daniel. Okay, so um, a few more stories. Um, first, linking uh, soccer to the coronavirus. Yay. Um, the Spanish FA and La Liga have entered their 57,178th battle against each other. Oh, God, every time with these two, honestly. They're now having an argument over the awarding of the Champions League and Europa League places um, if the season was to finish early, with um, the Spanish FA saying, oh, um, to UEFA, we'll keep them, we'll keep the places as they are, and then the league are going to the Spanish FA and saying, you have absolutely no right to tell me what to do. <laughs> and um, they're bickering again. It wouldn't be a week, a normal week, if La Liga and the Spanish FA were not having a bicker at each other yet again bickering in spanish football goes hand in hand yeah absolutely mm. it's oh, it's so fun i love it <laughs> um roma players have volunteered to forego four months of salary to help during the coronavirus pandemic that's absolutely fantastic brighton have converted their stadium into a driving coronavirus cent- um, testing center which again fantastic okay. Um, Chinese Super League team Wuhan Zhao have made an emotional homecoming after being unable to return for three months um, because of the coronavirus pandemic. I believe they were playing a load of matches in Spain, like when the issue was still only in China. Um, so they've been allowed to return to their home stadium now. Um, luckily for us, God, I hope this is true, the Bundesliga may return on May 9th. Oh, please. Joyous occasion. Oh, Anything God, please. to watch the men in yellow. Yeah. That, according to Armin Lachey, the Premier of one of the North Rhine-Westphalian states, or the North Rhine-Westphalian... My German geography is not great, I, I'll I, be honest. Rhine-Westphalia, that's left. That's west side. Yeah. Northwest. It's where I, I believe it's where Schalke and Dortmund yeah. and a lot of them teams yeah. are, then the Rhineland. Um, if La Liga resumes, they'll be behind closed doors, um, which has apparently led to Real Madrid management saying they'll play the remainder of their home games at the Di Stefano Stadium. So that the um, planned work we've had um, scheduled for quite a long time on the Bernabeu can still take place. That's according to Marsa. So um, Di Stefano Stadium is where Castilla play, if I'm yes, correct. Yeah, it's where the reserve team. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's actually a good idea because it means mm. people get employed during this particularly difficult time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah. Yeah, 100%. And Barcelona, and this is probably one of the more uplifting stories. I mean, it's no Ben White for £15.7, but um, Barcelona have said they were going to sell the naming rights for Camp Nou for one year with the money going to fund coronavirus research. It's not had a sponsor since it opened in 1957, so um, mm. very good of them to Talking do the sponsorships so. sponsorships and stadiums, there's been rumours that uh, Amazon are going to sponsor the new White Hart Lane. Could you imagine? Hooray. Live from the Amazon Arena, it is Tottenham Hotspur versus Leeds. Because it will be Leeds in the Premier League, I hope, next season. Mm, that'd be nice. I want to go to their stadium for an NFL international game, to be honest. Okay, let's um, go on to baseball then. And um, two fans have decided to sue Major League Baseball and um, their teams over ticket money asking for class action. This is um, a Yankees fan and a Mets fan working together, which is just... It's absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I, I don't think anyone ever imagined this in any way, shape, or form, right? 
No. Well, no. Yeah, no, I couldn't imagine that. With my um, baseball knowledge. I mean, I, I'm imagining that if the Yankees and Mets work together on the baseball field, it would just be like if they wanted to have a combined side, it would just be the Yankees and Pete Alonso and Jacob Degrom. And maybe no Syndergaard. That ended up. That was meant to be uh, a joke at the Mets' expense. It ended up just becoming a legitimate baseball point. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. And the MLB have still said that the Arizona plan, which is the plan that all of the teams will play in um, one stadium in Arizona and will be quarantined together and all that, remains the likeliest path to there being a 2020 season. Players may also be asked to take a pay cut. It's not gone down universally popular as being universally popular because um i know a couple of um a couple of pitchers especially um I, i'm thinking of um mad bum madison bumgartner have come out and said they're they're really not for it so um we'll see if that happens let's um oh boohoo well someone makes slightly less than the millions that they're already promised i, I think this it's year. more of a fact i think it's more of a fact that they'd be quarantined in arizona without their families for maybe months i mean arizona's pretty rough yeah. But, um, you know. I mean, I wouldn't want to be quarantined in Arizona for months. Yeah, neither would I, if I'm being honest. I think, but, you know, I think if it was, if I was getting paid millions of dollars to be quarantined yeah. in Arizona, I'd be kind of okay with it. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think, I think though, it's more the idea that, you know, they have to spend all that time away from their families and, and what have you. It'd be interesting if you were paid all that Oh, money, imagine well. liking your family and wanting to spend time around them. <laughs> I <laughs> do. Imagine. That got this, very deep very sudden. Yeah, I do, and I'm not saying that because they're probably listening to this. Yeah, um, my parents are probably listening to this. Right now, yeah, they're listening through the door, probably. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> let's go on to um, Formula One, Ben. And um, Charles Leclerc won the Virtual Chinese Grand Prix. Yes, he did. It was a good Ooh. win uh, for Charles Leclerc, overtaking Alex Albon into the long uh, right-hander at Turn 1 at the Shanghai International Circuit on Codemasters F1 2019. Uh, in other news, Toto Wolff has apparently bought stakes in Aston Martin. I have not heard that. Da, That's quite da, interesting. Da, da. But that would not be, surprising. That would be interesting if uh, Mr. Stroll has placed a large yeah. sum of money on Mr. Wolff's table. Mm. It's uh, interesting. Toto- it's not surprising. Yeah. Ricardo hasn't ruled out a, a Red Bull return. I mean, could we see another Moldy 21 sip? I, d- I doubt it because of I wouldn't be surprised happened. if he went back. Yeah, uh, it wouldn't surprise me, but that would require... But he would be the number two. He would, they'd say you oh, are yeah, the oh, number yeah. two driver. Oh, yeah, uh, but that would require Alex Albon to be pushing Max Verstappen and suddenly go, do you know what, I want to go join Ferrari. Because yeah. I think Ferrari will sign, actually, one of Albon, Norris or Sainz. Yeah, um, I see to that. partner Charles Leclerc. I, I can't see novice at Ferrari. I don't want to, to be honest. No. Um, however, it's it, okay. But then Albon or um, Science. I mean, it'd be an obvious choice for Science. I think. Anyway, um, in the Hamilton uh, Ferrari circus, Hamilton has uh, battered rumours down of a switch uh, down the pit lane to the Scuderia, saying he's not trying to make a move, and I am with my dream team. Yeah, and you the would last say that at the moment. Sorry? You would say that at the moment, though, wouldn't you? Well, oh, yeah, he would. But yeah. um, hopefully he'll stay, because I think that's great for the, the sport if he stays at Mercedes. Um, McLaren's Lando Norris joined a Zoom call with McLaren fan Captain Tom Moore and congratulated him on his efforts over the past weeks to help the NHS, raising £27 million. Lando has also invited Captain Tom to McLaren's headquarters in Woking. Fantastic. And, Will, do you have any news from Overwatch? I do indeed. It was an interesting weekend this time. We saw the continued development of some teams. Uh, Shanghai are looking like the kings of the East right now. Their match against Seoul is going to be very telling to see who's going to win. Going up 6-0 and over the weekend with wins over the Hangzhou Spark and the Chengdu Hunters. 3-0-ing both of those teams. Um, the Los Angeles Gladiators and the Los Angeles Valiant had a good game, but I think I mentioned that last time on the Friday show. Over the weekend, we saw Dallas Fuel finally start to pull together and act to become a respectable team. They took the San Francisco Shock to a map five, and while the Shock prevailed in the end, it was a very, uh, good game for Dallas. It really looks like their signings are finally starting to pay off. Furthermore, in a surprise match on the weekend, the Florida Mayhem 3-0'd the Paris Eternal. It looks like the absence of XCI, the player for the Paris Eternal, is causing some issues for them. Uh, He is back in Korea dealing with neck pain issues, uh, so we wish him all the best. Um, Aside from that, not much in great Overwatch news on the 
weekend. Uh, this week is proving to be much more interesting. We are going to see New York finally play after returning to Korea. Uh, they will be playing the Chengdu Hunters in a max in a match that is promised to be kind of maximum silly mode. Uh, San Francisco Shock versus LA Valiant will be interesting as well. And additionally, I'd say to take a look at the Houston Outlaws versus the Dallas Fuel. Now the Battle of Texas coming up there. And with both teams looking like they've improved somewhat since the start of the season, it looks like it'll actually be an interesting game. Okay, I'm for the second episode in a row. It's time for Kit Clash. Um, yay! yay. Where um, we're going to be going around looking at all home teams of the top four tiers of England. And we're going to be ranking them and um, deciding which home kit we think is the best, which home kit we think is the worst. Last week, we did League 2, and we decided that Stevenage's was a pile of awful, as was Exeter's, and the teams that went through were Forest Green, Salford, and the other two. I don't have them in front of me. Um, anyway, let's go on to the League 1 um, stage then. So, 11 teams were nominated for best kit between the four of us. Five teams have um, two votes for best kit. and um, Five teams were nominated for worst kit. Um, two teams have multiple votes. One kit got three out of four for worst kit. Um, the other team got two out of four. Um, three teams appear on both lists. So we'll go around in the same order we did last time. Okay, so my first kit is Burton Albion's. Burton Albion's kit made by Tag this year. And um, it's very similar to the kit they got relegated um, from the championship with, which, you know, from memories and all that. But um, I'm obviously a big fan of black and yellow kits in the first place. And um, this is one of them. And I, I kind of like how they've slightly changed the, um, the arms. So it's got like some nice fancy yellow detailing on it and um, helps it avoid the being a bit too simplistic sort of all making it look a bit too um formulaic and generic and boring and um you know it, it helps it stand out it's a very smart looking kit i like it and uh, the next one doncaster rovers they've had a few interesting designs over the last few years but they've now um now having their kits made by a local doncaster producer elite pro sport and when, when it's Doncaster Rose, you can just keep it simple. Red and white stripes produces a lovely kit. Fantastic. Next, Fleetwood Hummel's um, design um, with the arrows down the side has really grown on I me mean, in the last few years. And I just think, think Fleetwood's very classy kit. The sponsor's not too annoying. It's perfectly fine. And finally, um, Oxford United. I do actually kind of like that Puma um, template. It's, it's very nice. And I think it works best with the yellow and blue of Oxford. And... Um, it's just a very nice, classy-looking kit. The away kit is a lot nicer, but the home kit's very nice. Um, anyway, I think Will goes next. Um, yeah, so my kits were more generic, I'd say, but I, I tend to favor kind of cleaner lines, mostly one color. Um, so the first one I chose was Southend. Uh, these aren't in any particular order, but my first one was mm. Southend United. I quite like the... Uh, uh, kind of spikes on the shirt uh, that kind of replicates a collar. Um, the blue's a nice color. The white kind of paneling on the sides seems to work well with it. So yeah. generally speaking, I'm quite no happy with how that well. turned out. No sponsor, which is always nice. Yeah. Uh, my second one is Accrington Stanley. Who are they? Um, well, I'm not a exactly. fan of their second or third <laughs> kits. Hmm? So carry on. Yeah. I appreciate the wham uh, because it makes me think of Careless Whisper. <laughs> and just, you know, the, generally speaking, the red kit looks nice, I think. I don't know. Fleetwood Town was my next one. I really like the thing they have going with the chevrons down the shoulders, the trousers, and the socks. I think it looks really nice and helped to give it a lot of personality and accents. And yeah, next up, I'm actually going to change from what I sent you originally. I'll also have to go with the uh, Oxford team. Oxford United. Which one um, did you say originally? I think it was Gillingham. Oh, Gillingham. Gillingham. Yeah. Okay. And then I was looking at them again. I was like, eh, eh. It is at least a good example of of a good Macron kit, Gillingham. Yeah. But anyway, Oxford. Yeah. Yeah. Oxford. So, um, what were your your four? You had Burton, Burton, Doncaster, Fleetwood, and Oxford. Oh, okay. Right. So, um, next is Josh. Okay. Sure. So, um, first one being uh, Blackpool, and. I quite like their sort of return to uh, sort of basics, I suppose, getting rid of the uh, the toxic oyster idea. I like that, but you know, it's it's do it's sort of 
two colours, it's bold, the orange on the white works well, and it's really, really clean kit. So, yeah, uh, really like that one. Um, secondly, again, no particular order, uh, Donny, and there's no Woo! nepotism here on my behalf, unlike some uh, here today. It's just a nice uh, kit. <laughs> it is. It's a it's a really nice kit. Um, I think the sponsor works really well on it. It's yeah. actually well integrated, which is unlike a lot of uh, yeah, kits. And it's it's really, really clean. I think the hoops here, or the stripes, the lateral stripes, work well. And all in all, yeah, really nice design. Mm. Um, thirdly, um, I'm joining you with Oxford. It's The colour scheme works really well. The, uh, the dark, the navy, and uh, the yellow. And again, this is one a kit where the sponsor is really, really well integrated, which I really like. Um, you know, the best, the next best thing than having no sponsor is uh, a well-integrated one. And the, just the colour scheme here is, is fantastic. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, uh, finally, uh, Wickham as uh, my final choice. I, I just... I feel like the quads, uh, the quad sort of colour scheme, the alternating dark blue and light blue work well. And I'm a massive fan of uh, the logo in the background, um, like uh, the massive one on the kit. Uh, the colours are really complementary. It's quite clean. Uh, the only thing to drag in this back, I'd say, is the sponsor, which seems to sort of plast in the middle. If that didn't have the, the red sort of block in the middle as a sponsor that would be the best in the league really really nice okay and Javi so my first one uh, funny enough is Blackpool as well um, it reminds me of the days Blackpool actually made it to the Premier League yeah do you remember <laughs> when they did that oh that was a while God. ago um, it's a very nice simple kit uh, I like the orange and the white shorts I actually like the orange accent at the base of the shorts I think that just integrates mm. everything quite well with the white accents across the, the shirt as well um, my second one, Coventry City. This is a really interesting kit. I mean, their third kit looks uh, terrible, and their second kit leaves a lot to be, you know, wanted as well. But their first kit, their home kit, I really like the sky blue, um, as they're known, the uh, Coventry City team, and I like these sort of white faded triangles and sort of look like they've just come off a backgammon board, to be honest. Um, but I really like that design. I think it's unique. Um, shame the team, you know, have had many struggles, as they argue with my favourite rugby team, Wasps, over use of the Rico Arena in Coventry. But um, I think that's a very nice kit. Moving on to my third favourite kit, uh, MK Dons. I just thought this was really simplistic, and it just worked. And in, re in real life, pictures of the MK Dons kit just look really nice. So I put that in. Um so I just thought, yeah, it just looks nice. And the socks as well. I like the three stripes across the socks. I think that looks quite smart. Um, yeah, white and gold works well, as does it does on Real Madrid's kit. But MK Doms, we'll pick them. Um, and my final one, again, was Wickham Wanderers. And I have to agree, if there wasn't a sponsor there, it probably would look better. Um, but I really like the quarters. Uh, what do you call it? Yeah, it's a quarter design. Um, similar to that of Harlequins in uh, Premiership Rugby. Um, I don't think who else uses quarters, but I can't really think of any other than in racing. But anyway, yeah, Wickham Wanderers, that's my fourth. Okay, so um, we'll go on to worst kit and then we'll talk about how everything um, stacks up. I'll start. First of all, and it, it was hard to pick the second worst kit. The first worst kit was easy for me, but the second worst <laughs> kit was quite hard. And um, I've gone for Wickham. And I'll tell you why I've gone for Wickham. That what? Absolutely ugly logo plastered across the top is so unbelievably careless and um yeah not a nice kit i i, I do agree though that if it wasn't for the cherry red records thing i would have at least viewed it relatively favorably but i i cannot get mean? my eye off the absolute eyesore on saturday's show we point next to cities and the only reason we point next to cities was because of the sore thumb logo which absolutely made it stand mm, out and ugly flyby. and dreadful. And Wickham Wanderers is the same. Now, I'll be honest. I, I said this was the week of mediocre kits. And, um, you know, most of them were fine. And Wickham's... I, I'm not as against it as I am Stevenage's, for example. But if there's one kit that stands out as being truly ugly, it is Coventry's. Coventry's kit is so bombastically dreadful it's hard to put into words it looks like something's gone wrong when they've been producing it and they've gone 
our our boss, uh, the colouring's not worked properly. Uh, it's it's come out really weird. Are we looking uh, at different kits? No, we're not. I've just got better eyesight. Uh, no, we're not. I I also hated this one. I also yeah, dislike Coventry. There is nothing good about this kit, especially the 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 Hummel thing that usually works very well has faded at the top as well. It just looks like a massive ever. Something has gone wrong, and it also seems like fade out in like these weird awkward blocks as well. On the um, well, I think it's meant to be quartered, but yeah, it. It's work. done badly. Yeah. Then again, their away kit might be the ugliest thing I've ever seen. That like is actual, ten times worse. That is an abomination. Okay. To the um, going back round the room, Will. Yeah. Okay. So my worst kit was Rochdale. R- Rockdale. I don't know how you guys pronounce Rochdale. it. Rochdale. Rochdale. Yeah. Uh, I do not like the dark blue and black right next to each other in the stripes. I think it's weird that they don't extend to the shoulders. I think that they're sponsor is this glaring eyesore that's just plopped onto the front of their uh shirt i just i think it looks bad uh and you know obviously i also don't like coventry city because again i don't like the way it uses kind of two shades of the same blue and kind of awkwardly fades them in and out i think it looks weird i don't like how it's done the only thing i can say is that the sponsor is well integrated but they really shouldn't get many points for that and i like yeah. the, the chevrons but like just the color scheme and how it was designed does not make me think nice things about this uniform and again their away team might be so awful as to infect my perception of the first because that is a it, looks, yeah. it looks darker in real life the um away hit it the, the navy looks mm. more like anyway um josh next Okay, yeah, so um, I am joining uh, Will with Rochdale as uh, the principal poor kit. Like you say, the sponsor is just so poorly done. It is literally just slapped on there. Uh, I don't really think uh, the the So Dark colors work uh, with regards to the stripes. And it just seems just a little bit amateur, the whole, the whole kit uh, put together. It just doesn't work, I'm afraid. And uh, on that note, uh, my second one is Portsmouth. Now, I usually like Portsmouth kits, uh, but this one just feels like a seven-year-old has gone on word art and has drawn what they think could be a Portsmouth kit. It just looks so unprofessional. Uh, I don't think that the lines at the sides and on the neck with the reds and the blue work. And all in all, it just looks a little bit uh, amateur again. And Harvey. Uh, surprise, surprise, I've gone for the two most Sunday league kits in the league. Uh, firstly, with Rochdale, I, yeah, I agree with you all. It's just terrible. It's just literally like someone's taken a fairly nice Sunday league kit that's a bit individual and then just put crown oil across the front of it. I think what they really should do is make up their minds on whether they want white accents on their kit or nothing at all, because it just doesn't work having white accents and black accents and a blue kit. It just doesn't work. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, and then for me, the most, you know, standardized out of Nike's kit creator, the most GP2 engine of all League One football kits, Southend United. Portsmouth's looks worse. Portsmouth's but comfortably Port- looks worse. Portsmouth looks unique. Portsmouth does not look unique just because they've slapped a sponsor on it. No, 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 no. Because the red bit. Also, the, the red. Bits. The red doesn't like the go. Red. red doesn't go with blue. I know the red on the front of the kit looks horrific, but at least I got red socks and stuff. South End, it's it's literally just like, all right, lads, we got we got we got a new kit here today, and it's out the box, and here you go. It's terrible. It's, it's fantastic. It, it it's nice. Look- it's clean. Yes. Right, anyway, like, um, because like we are kit, we're, we're running there. out of time, we need to get through um, the tally. So, um, on the worst kit, there's nothing to discuss. Rochdale 3, Coventry 2, there are the um, two kits that get put good. in. And finally, um, on the best kits, Oxford got three points. Um, Blackpool 2, Doncaster 2, Fleetwood 2, Wickham 2. Wickham um, gets marked down a bit because it's appeared on both lists. Coventry, Southend and Wickham, the three appearing on both kits, which means the four going through Blackpool, Doncaster, Fleetwood and Oxford. And there we go. That was League One Kit Clash. If you want to read more about how we voted, go to the Sportsplits blog wordpress.com. Okay, let's go on to On This Day then, and we begin with Harvey. And in 1898, Philly's pitcher Bill Duckleby hits a grand slam on first at bat. 
1944, the NFL, Chicago Cardinals and Pittsburgh Steelers merged to become Card Pit due to the lack of players during World War II. The team finished 0-10 in the West and dissolved at the end of the season. 1948, the second NBA Finals reached their conclusion, with the Baltimore Bullets beating reigning champions Philadelphia Warriors four games to two. In 1951, the fifth NBA Finals reached their conclusion with the Rochester Royals beating the New York Knicks four games to three. The more things change, the more things stay the same. The Royals now play in Sacramento as the Kings, while the Knicks are still losing games in New York. Thank you, Alex, for You're telling welcome. the truth. You're welcome. The Knicks are a failed organization that deserve to be shot. Very true. <laughs> Very true. In, in 1951, wow. in the Stanley Cup final, the Toronto Maple Leafs beat the Montreal Canadiens 3-2 for a 4-1 series victory. It was the ninth Stanley Cup win for the Leafs and came just 69 years before they would lose to a Zamboni driver. <laughs> in 1977, the Yankees manager Billy Martin decides who will play by pulling player names out of a hat. The Yankees would go on to beat the Blue Jays 8-6. Okay, in uh, 1980, in the 84th Boston Marathon, Bill Rogers wins for the third straight year, his fourth win overall. And in 1985, the Portuguese Grand Prix is held at Estoril. Ayrton Senna dominates to take his first Formula One win. Nigel and Shiver spun out on their way to the grid due to the heavy rain, which also forced the, rain to, uh, the race to stop at the two-hour limit, three laps early. Michel Aboreto, the only driver not lapped by Senna, finished second, with Patrick Tambay taking third. Sorry, I meant to write Nigel Mansell. I don't know why I forgot Nigel. to write Mansell. I wrote this at like 1am. So, yeah, uh, yeah. In 1989, George W. Bush and Edward W. Rose become joint CEOs for Texas Rangers. This stops the Rangers from moving to Tampa Bay. In 1991, the NFL Draft, Russell Maryland is selected first by the Dallas Cowboys. Other notable picks see Brett Favre go to the Falcons with the 33rd pick, and Aeneas Williams, the only other Hall of Famer taken, to go to the Cardinals with the 59th pick. This might be one of the worst drafts ever, just looking at like the quality of players that came out in the early rounds. Um, Russell Maryland ended up being quite going on to have quite a good career. I think Leon Lett was taken in the fifth round as well, but um, for the most part, just didn't look good at all. In 1996, the Chicago Bulls finished the regular season with an NBA record 72 wins that would stand until 2016. They would beat the Seattle Supersonics in the final to win their fourth NBA title. I wonder what happened to that 2016 um, uh, Warriors side that won 73. Hmm. In 2001, in the NFL draft, Michael Vick goes first to the At uh, Atlanta Falcons. Not the Atlanta, that's football. Yeah. Proper football. Other notable Wrong. picks see Ladanian Tomlinson go fifth to the San Diego Chargers and fellow Hall of Famer Steve Hutchinson go 17th to the Seattle Seahawks. 2009, uh, Liverpool and Arsenal draw 4-4 at Anfield. Four goals from Andre Arshavin, including one in the 90th minute, had seemingly won it for the Gunners. But a 93rd minute equaliser from Yossi Benayoun mean the points were shared. In 2012, a small team from Salford draw 4-4 at home to Everton. Stephen Pienaar got the 8th and final goal in the 85th minute after the small team from Salford had been leading 4-2. The gap at the top of the Premier League between the small team from Salford and their uh, big city rivals was now three <laughs> points, heading into the crucial small small city derby at the Etihad. Means Man United, by the way, just, <laughs> just to clarify. From Trafford, <laughs> yeah. literally in the name of the stadium. Um, if you're going to slander us, slander us properly, I do, I, I do want to mention, in doing my research for this, I stumbled upon a third four-all draw. How many four-all draws can happen on the same day through history? In Bradford versus Derby in the Premier League back in 2000. And in 2018, finally, Oakland A's left-hander Sean Manea no-hits for Boston Red Sox, winning 3-0. OK, it's time to go on to the two-minute drill, and I'll start. Steve Bruce has been given until the end of the season to prove he's the right man for Newcastle going forward. Will he? No. No. Yeah, correct answer. Well done. They go for a big money manager. Yeah. Yeah. I see a leg, Rui. Okay, so if we could open this show with any theme, what would you pick uh, yeah. not to be dissing our incredible intro music? Absolutely. But I would go for the NBA on NBC theme. Dun, 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 dun. And that's all I can do before we'll get copyrighted. I think we're, um... I'm choosing the F1 uh, theme, to be honest with you. Would you go Brian Tyler or would you go with The Chain? Uh, Brian or... Tyler. Or would you just go with um, Just Drive, Alistair Griffith? See, see, it's got to work as a sports show intro, and I don't think Actually, Just Drive I'd, does. I'd quite, I'd quite like um, We Don't Like Cricket. 
There's a it's a great oh. song. We don't we don't like cricket. Yeah, yeah. Like um, just... Again, that's a bit too specific for a sports show yeah, podcast. But see, that's yeah. what I like about the NBA one. It's just it's not like it's not trying too hard. It's just a nice little rock thing. I mean, the chain does that. Ramble rock. If anyone doesn't know, one. fantastic. Since you couldn't figure it out on Saturday, the best name for a Seattle NHL song. So I've been looking at some of the suggestions from fans of a weekend, and mine's got to be the Kraken. Though, the only issue with that is that you will have fans inevitably calling a losing team that Seattle would probably be the Crackheads after a while. But the Kraken was just the one standout name. I, I liked it. What about, what about the Seals? The seal, see, the issue with the seals it reminds me too much of that. Uh, what we call the San Diego Golden Seals or the California Golden Seals? I think they were who played in the NHL in the nineteen seventies and were a colossal, monumental failure. The Seattle Salmon. I don't know if I'm this is sort of close some, to someone line actually or not, suggested but, uh, something along that net, that um, sort of thing. Yeah, I assume um, they were roundly mocked. I still say the Seattle Fishermen. That, that is oh, wow. far too generic. How about the Seattle hockey side? No. Um, the uh, other name that came up was the Metropolitans because they played in an old hockey league, but um, Gavi Bettman, the commissioner of the NHL, has ruled that out because one of the leagues is called the Metropolitan and it would lead to um, a lack of clarity. So they can't do yeah, that. The thing, is, the thing I always said is Seattle, all the Seattle teams have alliteration, don't they? Yeah, they no. Mariners. Sounders. Mariners. Sound. Mariners. 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 Oh, I didn't know that existed. Yeah, they're the MLB side. If if you haven't, anyone listening to this, if you haven't watched it, go and watch Dorktown on the Seattle Mariners, the history of the Seattle Mariners. It's been so incredible. I love the it. The Seattle Needlers. No, it's just for Kraken. <laughs> the Kraken. Done. Problem solved. Kraken. Which NBA team from any era would you trust to stop the 1990s Chicago Bulls? So I've been thinking about this Maybe a bit too much, but I've decided that you have to fight fire with fire. So I'm taking Phil Jackson's um, Lakers between 2000 and 2003. You've got Shaq and Kobe in there. You've got um, Fisher as well. And um, Brian Shaw, there's a generic random player you've never heard of. Um, but yeah, fight fire with fire. Take Phil Jackson's Lakers side. What about um, the Celtics team? From, was it the 50s or the 60s that we were talking about? See, again, week? I don't know how well they do with the increased physicality of the game in the 1990s. Yeah, that's the thing you can't compare. One. Yeah. yeah that, but... And that's the thing about Jackson's side. They came immediately afterwards and played the exact same style of game. They played for triangle offense. They played that bruising defense as well. Um, and their players best aligned to each other. So, um, yeah, I, I think you've got to fight fire with fire. You've got to go with Phil Jackson's Lakers. Just a great side as well, the Lakers in that era. Love them. Mm. Shaq and Kobe. Uh, should people watch The Last Dance? Yes! Yes! What oh my god! Dance? It's it's the, it's the documentary about Michael um, Jordan and the, oh. um, and the Chicago Bulls during the 1998 NBA season. I believe 1998. Well, if, you're not, if you're not watching Formula 1 Drive to Survive, then maybe. Oh, oh no, 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 no. This is, or, this is or, absolutely insane. It's incredible. The, test, the Australianos. No, 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 no. That's brilliant on Amazon. That is really good. I'll be honest, I've finished watching Drive to Survive now, so I'm just focusing on The Last Dance. It's absolutely incredible. I would recommend any sports fan of any sort of um, creed, whether they like basketball or not, to watch it, because it is brilliant. And should TV use fake noise for behind-closed-door games? They could do. I don't see why not. It'd be interesting to see what happens. You know, someone passes from their goalkeeper to their centre-back and suddenly they've scored a goal. Mm. Um, But... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's great for like you know when you're watching it and you can hear the build up play and you hear the roar of the fans. That always gets someone going because you know when you watch a preseason game and there's literally nobody in the stands, all you hear is just like, that's, yeah. that's me clapping by the way, and that being the only person clapping in the stadium. Yeah. Because um, you know we love seeing players knee slide into the corner for celebrations and stuff like that, but that just won't mm. happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'd uh, I'd agree with that. It's it just depends for me how accurate. It's they can time the sound noise with um embarrassingly enough i've uh um been to um this sort of box set up at old trafford and they pump fake stadium noise into the, like the corporate section oh, to God. make the to make it more seem yeah, like there's do, better atmosphere than there is they do do that I and mean, the it's talking about. awful yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, i'll be honest i was watching um bush versus psg before all of this you know happened and 
it it was the most bizarre game I've ever watched due to the lack of sound. So if, yeah. yeah, if I can get it working, I absolutely support it. And anyway, thank you um, all for coming on the Sports Blitz. Thank you for having us. Yeah, cracking. Cheers. Um, yeah. We're not, whenever talking about Coventry City kit again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you. And anyway, that's all the time we have on today's Sports Blitz. Thank you for listening. My thanks go to Harry, Josh and Will. The intro and end music for the Sports Blitz was provided by Kevin McLeod in Competech.com. We're back on Saturday with another podcast at 5am. Until then, I've been Alex Woodward and don't just have a good week like the best player in NFL history. Have an immaculate one. Goodbye.